Okay, would you stop doxing me already? Hello and welcome to episode number 139 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Monday, March 1st, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where over the weekend, 27 shot, five fatally. So, I mean, the economy must be good. And from America's left coast, where even our medical devices are racist, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, I mean, you've got to be consistent. That's good. If everything's racist, then we know where the problem is. It's everywhere. Yes. This one was a Food and Drug Administration warning about a device called a pulse oximeter. Have you heard about this one? Yes, I own a few. Ah, well, uh, it only works because your skin is light colored. Right. Yeah, that is true because it's bouncing waves off to read how much oxygen yes, is in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing that when I, I, I was reading this FDA warning this morning, I'm not sure there's very much here other than, you know, I read the FDA.gov warning, but uh, the FDA.gov warning points out that a pulse oximeter is a device that sends light waves through your skin and then checks on the frequency of the waves that bounce back, which tells you roughly how much oxygen there is in your blood it's i mean you do it's been around forever it uh it's also pretty inaccurate uh the the fda article points out a reading of 90 percent could mean anywhere from 81 to 94 percent yes okay that's a that's a range but oh i mean it's I'm I'm sure it's useful. It is. Well, you but, can tell if it's going up or down. That I think is once you have a baseline, then you can kind of use that to notice if there is a change. Because that's one of the big things that COVID was doing to people was their O2 stats going way down. So if you know that you're normally at whatever it is, then if yes. that starts going down, you might want to call a doctor. Well, of course, when the FDA issued this warning and the entire reason they issued the warning was because a lot of people who've never used these devices before. We're picking it up and using it because they were concerned about COVID and blood oxygen and so on. Every news article I found was pulse oximeters are racist where our medical system, you know, we need to revamp our medical system so that we stop using devices that separate people on skin color. Well, if you're using a device that shines light through and you have something that blocks light in your skin. Yeah, it, that's, it, it happens. And, and can you only imagine, though? the packaging on these devices if the companies had to come out with whites only on the outside of their pulse oximeter you know it's like that um i don't know well the thing is it's not just whites only you just when you use it you need to be aware that if your skin is darker then your the result is not going to be as accurate but it's still reading yes well still get you a reading and it might actually be useful then if they came out with these same devices that were tuned for darker skin complexions that might then uh, yeah. be a little bit more like accurate. one that uses like a really strong UV or something, you know, it, I don't know if you want to every time somebody. you put it on there, you get a new cancer spot. Yeah. I don't think you want to cook people, but that <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell where you're going with that, but so Chicago, I, at least 
the the weather is warming up. The snow is all melting. Oh, good. People are getting shot again. So that's good. I can tell you that spring is in the air, which is a good thing. And uh, I did want to mention, I forgot to put in the show notes. So I have them for this show. I did get inquiries about the app that I was using on Android to keep all of the spam calls at bay. So I looked into this a little bit further. It is called calls blacklist slash calls blocker by Vlad Lee, V-L-A-D-L-E-E. And he is out of Russia. I mean, so you can take what you want out of that. I I think C++ works in Russia, too. Yeah, it does. And I guess I guess Android is probably Java. And it seems like a program that just works. And as far as I could tell, I didn't find anything because I did a little extra before coming out and telling people, yeah, you should try this. You know, I did a little more searching about the guy and the program, and I don't see anything online like, oh, this is a scam. And he does have a free and paid version, which also makes sense. If you want all the features, you might have to pay a couple of bucks, but that's how he's making money. And as uh, pretty reasonable, it is for something that important. It's pretty reasonable to pay a couple bucks. Yeah, because people want this service. And, uh, you know, as Adam Curry got a letter on the latest no agenda from a friend that is in Russia and he's like, you know, things are actually getting back to normal here. You know, they have capitalism in Russia. We're here in the United States. That's uh, questionable. And uh, we'll see where that all goes. But I do I highly recommend this program. I Well, uh, thank you. And I will be checking the show notes. I looked for uh, we had a couple people on uh, No Agenda Social also posting uh, some links. One said there's a. a program an app called blacklist pro which does the same thing wow that's again racist. my point from last episode where if if the feature that i want is i want it to whitelist people in my contacts and otherwise block everyone that's not a blacklist that right. is actually a whitelist and and racism issues aside the apps are poorly named yes call blocker is much more accurate than blacklist yes. And maybe it started as a blacklist and then they went, oh, wow, this may even be more useful. And it is built in as far as I can tell with the Apple devices. That's one thing they do well, where you can say if they're not on my contact list, then send them right to voicemail or dump the call entirely, whatever you're choosing. Android, for whatever reason, doesn't have that yet. And I don't know why that's not a built in feature, because that does seem like a obvious thing to put in. To these devices, but then they put people like Vlad out of business. So he's doing the Lord's work, helping us stay away well, uh, from pe- spam. People like people like Vlad, and I, I I appreciate what he's doing, and I I approve. And if he's listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, you know, digital thumbs up. But if you, I mean, the the, the app model in general comes with a pitfall that should be understood by now, which is that if you are using an extension model to add functionality to somebody else's platform, you are in danger of your entire business model crumbling. If the platform maker decides to make something. Yes. And I did notice uh, one of the bad reviews it got, which there were very few was recent, which was like, Oh, one plus update killed it. Now it doesn't work. Like, well, that's more of a problem with your particular phone than with the program and that is also one of the other issues as a terrible reason to one star the app i know i mean just what you want to do is one star the phone and ask them why they're messing with your settings uh but this is this is the insanity that people have the reason i got this it does also work 
with SMS, which is where I was having the issue. There was a bunch of spam and it always used a woman's name. So I don't know if the phone number was originally somebody else's or somebody thought they were signing themselves up for a list or something, but they kept coming in, kept coming in. And this will block SMS. The also same thing if they're not in your contacts. And the nice thing is there is a log that you can then go check to see if something's coming in kind of like a spam folder. So if you find out that somebody you do know is actually texting you, you can then add them to the contacts and get the messages that you didn't pop up on your phone. So that's good. My mom gave the phone number to my nephew after Christmas. Can we send some gifts their way? And then uh, when he texted me because I didn't have his number in my phone, it went into this. So it's beautiful. You never get bothered. And that's what we like. We don't want to be bothered, especially while doing the show by a cat or human, whatever. I don't want to be bothered at all. You want nobody. You're like, I want my phone only to ring. You're bothering me right now. What the hell? The only person that's going to be on your uh, white list will be, I think, your wife. And that will only be during certain hours of the day. No, she just has admin privileges. She's got root. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you try to blacklist that number, she'll just go in. And change yeah. that. And that makes yeah, sense. She, 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 yeah. She knows where I sleep, <laughs> which is in that recliner um, during this show quite often. Yes. Well, as, as we know, you know, you, you were talking about the, you know, putting the bad review on the phone. And I was thinking, well, no, of course you can't review the phone because it's made by a big corporation. And as we know, the, the opaque corporate face of the internet is not accountable to the likes of you or I. No, they're not. This, this I- was another Another thing that I had uh, a little bit of an issue with was uh, Netflix locked our account because they they found uh, suspicious login activity. Ooh, define suspicious login activity for Netflix. Well, we have no freaking idea because Netflix isn't accountable to us. Uh, It which it kind of launches into a a rant that I you know I've always got rants ready, but this one um, they they triggered. Um, If if I have an account. Am I responsible for the security of that password or not? I would think, yes, you're responsible for keeping your password safe. But if there is an issue, I mean, if your password somehow gets out there and there's various ways, obviously you could share your password or it could be something that was just hacked and then whoever figured it out, spread it around. In either case, these companies have a very easy system that could be like, Hey, 50 different IP addresses just hit this account. So let's limit it and message the people and say, Hey, change your email address. Beyond that, it's kind of their responsibility. Okay. First of all, stop being reasonable. I'm trying to rant. Here. Sorry. Okay. Go back to the rant. Okay. I'll have a little coffee I, it, here. I, it, it, I am, I keep, I keep strong passwords. Now I, I can't necessarily speak for my wife, but uh, I, I keep uh, a password manager and a database of strong passwords. And I, in I, I manage my password where I need to manage it, except where uh, if I have an account where it's like, uh, you know, log in to you have to create an account here in order to get tech support on this product or something. I'm like, OK, then you're getting a throwaway account with a weak password because I just don't give a fuck about what you're protecting. I mean, that's fine. That is me taking responsibility for the quality of my password for the security of my password. Um, I don't let my passwords get out. And I also do, in fact, change them regularly, which I know is uncommon in most places. Uh, if I log into a site and I know I haven't logged in for 12 months, then I'm like, OK, well, now that I've logged in, let's go ahead and change the password and then do what I need to do. I'm pretty responsible with that thing. But 
when I am managing my passwords, when I'm managing my account and then a company comes in and says, well, we detected suspicious login activity and just unilaterally decides that they're going to shit on my password setup. Then I have to go into my password manager everywhere and change everything because of your schedule. And not only that, but all my devices are going to have a couple days of not working. It, it's infuriating. Not just because, okay, well, there might have been suspicious login activity, but they didn't tell me they, they didn't. That, what is suspicious about it? What activity did you see? What are you detecting? Right. For one thing, I've got a pretty good guess. And that is I'm betting that, uh, you know, Netflix who kind of have a sort of pseudo, not entirely enforced policy of one login, one household probably haven't trained their algo that they go out and sick on people to check for a a physical literal single household that has more than one isp i could see that my wife logs in from one isp i log in from another isp we're 15 feet apart in different rooms in the same building but they happen online to be coming from two different domains yeah but so many people use their phones that would be another ip so that doesn't make sense either okay well i have no idea i don't know what the hell netflix detected the bad behavior i just Okay, well, the entirety of my rant can probably be drilled down to if you think something is suspicious and tell me what you saw was yes. suspicious. Don't just pass judgment and upend my digital life without even telling me why. Even that, Google does that. Even Google will generate an email that says we had a login from here. And I noticed that when you use uh, the VPNs like uh, somebody from Miami was just trying to log in. If that was you, do nothing or click here either way, you know, to verify yeah. everything's okay. That makes sense. Hey, I like the if that was you do nothing. That's my favorite one. Yes. Not if that was you, then tell us why yeah. you would dare use a different yeah. IP address. And uh, yeah, if if this was you, make sure that you, you know, follow the log in here and and fill out this captcha. That should keep you busy for the next 15 minutes. Yeah, Cold Acid said you probably weren't watching enough of the Obama programming on that Netflix. That could be. Well, when I posted, when I complained about this on No Agenda Social, as I do, um, I had quite a f- no no short number of responses saying, well, Netflix is nothing but woke programming and you really shouldn't be watching it. And I agree, but I am currently partway through season six of ten of Stargate SG-1, Ooh. and I need to finish it before it ends up getting canceled because of some ridiculous syndication deal right before they pull it off of Netflix. When you're yeah. like three episodes from the end, that's usually what happens. But uh, sir, Howitzer wanted to know our password manager of choice for me, it's RoboForm, And for you, it's uh, KeyPass, isn't it? It's KeyPass. Yeah. KeyPass is more of the dude named Ben way to go. Cause you do have to set up your own server. I still believe yeah. to do your, uh, to store everything. And with, with KeyPass, I use, I use their concept of a local database. And then I manage my own sync because I already have sync via files or via my local file server. Yeah, I mean, without a sync, where would you even do your dishes? Um, usually you just use paper dishes and throw them away when you're done eating on them. <laughs> Wait, that's like the frat way of doing things. Yeah, not not that I've done that or am doing that right now, but it. I, let's just say I've got a pretty good guess. There's a stack of 10,000 paper plates in the pantry. I can see it, but I like RoboForm. No. Because no, we only easy. buy them in batches of 400. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that much at once. RoboForm is easy. And as of yet, they seem like a very legit company. I've been using them for well over a decade at this point. And the system just works. 
without going crazy and having to set stuff up. It works on Windows, Android, and the Apple ecosystems. So for me, it just makes it easy to access things on different devices. And hopefully it's all legit and that'll never get hacked. But everything will eventually, I guess. We just, just hopefully yes. we're dead by the time it's hacked and then nobody cares. Uh, well, that, that depends on on who's controlling the firing squad at that point. True. And I do have a little rant as well. Because oh, good. I, I like rants. Been, good, because I've, I've got a really big story uh, on the uh, Amazon spying devices I want to get to. But let's get some rants out of the way first. Ooh, I like the Amazon spy devices. But I just ordered, speaking of spy devices, the Roku that's been sitting up on the TV that I have that sits in front of the bike while doing, you know, your little spinning at home, that kind of thing. The Roku was a first gen and it was to the point to where even going into uh, Hulu or YouTube, you would like press down, down, down. And then like 16 seconds later, it would move on the screen. So I'm like, okay, I need to update the Roku. I understand they're spy devices. I run them through the pie hole and all that. How how do you know this isn't just feedback from the spinning? It could be. Because like trying to you know simulate that that you're moving through space by having your view shift. I'm moving so quickly. I'm moving through time and space at the same time. It may be true. It may be true. The new one that seems much better. It's much more responsive. Uh, one, they're very small now, which is kind of weird and cool at the same time. This technology doesn't take a whole lot to run. But the problem with setting up a new device like this again is. Everything that you're subscribed to, even though I have multiple Roku's and they would seemingly be able to just go grab because they grab all of the things that you have installed. So if you have the Bill O'Reilly channel installed, it automatically shows up on the new Roku, but it isn't logged in. So in order to access any content that you need a username and password for, which is a lot of it, including just YouTube, if you want your recommendations and the stuff that you've saved, you need the logins. And I've noticed this before, and it's still the same way, and I don't understand why. When you go to YouTube, it's easy. You go to your iPad or whatever you're using, your phone, and you go to YouTube slash activate, and they give you a six-digit code on the screen. You punch that in. Boom. You're logged in. Same thing for Hulu. Boom. You're logged in. Bill O'Reilly's was even easier because it was like bor.com slash TV. I mean, almost no letters to type in. You're logged in as Bill O'Reilly. Right. And that's even better because he gets all of the good stuff. The people that continue to fall behind is the group that was always so proud they were at the forefront of all the streaming technology online in sports, and that would be MLB. Go figure. Major League Baseball. I hate these people. I went. Hey, they, they peaked in 2013 with the MLB app. I think they did, and I think they're still using the same logins because MLB does not let you just go to your laptop or to your phone or whatever and just give you a six digit code they make you do the whole email and password one digit at a time by moving the little pointer around on the screen and it's infuriating worst way to deal with any password ever it's infuriating freaking x xbox used to do that and in fact when when the xbox one came out they switched to 2fa and the old system on the Xbox 360 for logging in stopped working. So you couldn't use your, your password because the 360 had no way of inputting 2FA. And apparently they've never heard of software updates with that, or I'm not sure, but they switched to an authentication token thing. 
which was no longer you supply a password. It was, uh, we're going to give you a 20 digit, uh, alphanumeric code. And you need to now enter this using the Xbox controller right on the screen. It's not fun. It is not. So you MLB, if you want to know why people are probably using the most basic of passwords on your system, it's because you're forcing them to. Because if you're yeah. going to do this, my, my password, in fact, is a a a a a a a a yes. lowercase because yes. <laughs> because your stupid controller, the D pad stopped working and it's the only one I can enter now. Uh huh. That would work. I mean, if you really want to make it complex, you could go a a a a one a a a a. I mean, that's that's a great password as well. But it was just infuriating that this is the way that they still do this when everybody else, including Bill O'Reilly, whose channel on Roku isn't even like a real Roku channel. It's like one of the hidden ones that you have to activate. That just works as it should. Major League Baseball can't figure it out. Netflix figured it out. Hulu figured it out. Google figured it out. Everybody else that I've ever dealt with is figured it out. But no, not MLB. So, uh, I mean, hey. And, and also at, at the risk of calling back to a rant I've made multiple times before, if you're, if, if an account is free, easy to create and contains no personal data, then as far as I'm concerned and, and cannot be used to take action on your behalf. So like an, like when, when a stupid website requires an account in order to read the forum or, or download a, a patch for something, right. Then AAAAAA is a perfectly reasonable password for the security of what you're trying to protect, which is, I am creating a throwaway account using a fake name, using no personal information whatsoever, just so that I can jump through your stupid hoops in order to download something that should be anonymous anyway. Uh, yes, I, I I will use a weak password in that case. Yeah, my favorite uh, sites are the ones that are like, hey, to download this, you need to enter your email and create an account and you put in a fake email and password. And it just then lets you download without verifying what you just put in. I'm like, yeah, that's my, but favorite. I've encountered way too many of those that, yeah. that have, uh, they have block blacklists where they don't allow variations on mailinator.com. Are you familiar with this? I've heard of it. That's one of, well, it's you, everybody shares an account kind of a thing, right? Um, not, not really. In fact, I'll go ahead and give my review. We are not being paid for this review, but I am a huge fan of the service provided by mailinator. Uh, what, what they do is if you need to enter a throwaway email address, you give it any address that ends in their domain. You give it, uh, you know, uh, Darren O sucks at mailinator.com. I like that one. Yeah. You just, whatever page it is, you don't have to set anything up beforehand. You just hand it out. And then, uh, when it sends a confirmation email, you go into mailinator.com and there's a big box at the top says check a mailbox and you enter Darren O sucks at mailinator.com and it says uh, in the last 30 minutes, these emails came in for that address. And that that's that's it. You get emails there by you, you don't have to create an account. It's completely anonymous. It's completely private. It's perfect. The only problem with it is that a lot of sites who don't like the idea that you could use a throwaway email. And they seem to think that somehow emails are persistent and not easy to get everywhere will block mailinator.com. And in fact, uh, you know, mailinator has uh, dozens or, or possibly hundreds of other domains where they do the same thing now. Um, but 
people maintain block lists of these domains. So what they do is they're constantly creating new domains like, uh, you know, uh, uh, javascriptrocks.com. Nobody would ever would ever uh, register that. So, um, you know, they'll create, uh, you know, or or whalefarts.com or. Right. Just something that hasn't been blacklisted yet. Yeah, something that hasn't been blacklisted yet. And and P, in fact, in fact, they've got a system where you can register a domain and attach it to the Mailinator system and they'll just start using it for that purpose. They, it doesn't matter, but they will never list all of their domains. The reason too easy to harvest that for a blacklist. So instead you say, give me a random email address and they will randomly choose one of the domains in their rep- repertoire with an email and say, just use this. And you can insert that in any site. It's an awesome service for people who care about privacy and want to fight back against email address harvesting. Yes. And the free version, millions of inboxes receive only personal use limits. No privacy. All inboxes are public. Remember that. So don't have uh, don't yeah, have somebody yeah, the, sending you. There, uh, there's no password to get this mail. The only thing you need to know is the mail address and that it's a mail account and you can, anyone can check it. Yes. Which is good for these things that demand, although you have to then be careful that if you get locked out, if you care about what this account is and then you get locked out of it, you know, six months down the road, it may be harder to, uh, well, I, I don't think I'd use a mailinator account for an account that I intended to use six months down the road. You would hope I, not. if it's a service that, well, no, what I what I use Mailinator accounts is when I need to create an account, download one thing, read one forum topic, and then I will never visit that site again. Or if I'm going to visit the site again in six months, it's no skin off my back to create another throwaway account. Then makes sense. Privacy is important. If if it's going to be an account I'm going to keep around for a while or one that I want to log into, then, yes, I'll use an email address. I control Ryan at dot. Okay, and fuck you very much for giving out my personal address. Oh, that's that's right. That is your domain. That, that really is my personal address, and fuck you. <laughs> we can we want me to delete that from the recording. We can certainly do that. It's not like I've ever given a shit about privacy on this show. Thanks. <laughs> well, see, well, there you go. That's a beautiful thing. Ryan at grumpyoldbens.com. There you go. Yes, thank you. That's the one that you you meant to say, and that's the one that you're going to edit in in the show later. Edit in. Let's see here. Timestamp. Not to do multiple edits. Twenty six minutes. Okay. But yeah, privacy is good. And you're taking. You, you know, it was clearly very very hard to guess, and that's why you had. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nobody would have come up with this at all. I mean, that's the uh, when you go security by obscurity. That didn't really. Uh, yeah. That didn't really work. Uh, plus me, I, trust me, I'm already on a lot of lists. Um, uh, unfortunately, I I subscribe to the John C. Dvorak method of, of block everything, and you get no spam. Yes. Now, if you really want to be off the grid, you get a domain like qrx9572.com. And stop then- <laughs> giving out my personal domains. <laughs> that would be the best ever. It would be worse than giving a password. Like, how do, how can I email you? Well, what you do is you want to email four seven six twelve nine one two Q at four five Q four nine two nine two Q. Okay, would you stop doxing me already? <laughs> but see, that's a real dude named Ben right there. When nobody can ever remember your email address, you're like, I love my email yeah. address. Well, I've never yeah, gotten then, a message. Then it ends up, uh, you know, the only people who will remember though are the spammers. 
Right. Well, yeah, that's I mean, do you remember the early days of the web where the weird things people tried to obfuscate the email because they wanted real people to see their email I'm, address and I'm use sorry, it for I, I actually can't let that one go. Yeah. Obfuscate. Obfuscate. Yes. Yes. Something like, okay, go on. <laughs> they wanted to make it so the people could not real people could use their email for contact, but they wanted to hide it from the people that were automatically trying to scrape and all the crazy stuff that was oh, done. Yes. To try that to when, when, Yes, when when you had people say uh, they they'd type out at and and dot, so it'd be you know uh, Darren at noagendastream dot com, and the at and dot were not symbols; they were words. Yes, and or or it, or the uh, the other one where people would use document dot write in order to build use JavaScript to build the address so that people couldn't scrape the HTML. Uh huh. The good old days, back when yeah. privacy was still kind of a thing. Not well, back when we, back when we clung to the the illusion that we could have privacy, but now S- speaking of privacy, now yes. we have those devices from those companies, those little things that sit yes. there and listen. Okay, and I'm, watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce this segment. I'm gonna start by saying um, if you have an Amazon branded listening device near your podcast player. You will want to turn it off because I'm going to be saying the word a lot. And if you haven't done that by now, then Alexa, halt and catch fire there. Now it's off. See, now if somebody could hack those devices, that that command would actually ignite them. That would would be be awesome. That would be cool. (laughs) I want that Amazon skill. (laughs) That might cause a little bit of damage and a lawsuit, but that's okay. I I know any anybody who listens to a podcast and lets it give lets a podcast give commands to their device they exactly deserve what happens. That's all I'm saying. You know, I, Amazon order condoms it, or Alexa. Yeah, I I'm just saying I'm going to be saying the word because that this story is about Alexa. It is about the the Amazon Puck listening device. Uh, researchers at Ruhr University Bochum in Germany and North Carolina State uh, got together and looked at 90,000 skills in the Amazon catalog. You know what an Amazon Echo skill is? Yeah, it's an app. Yes, it's an app. And that, that and they have an app, app store. And uh, the uh, they, they came up with some disturbing results for these skills. And it might make you rethink adding any skills to your device or well I, ideally it should rethink make you rethink having the device but i know that doesn't really work on people anymore too much convenience well but here's the um, thing i don't know if a, a variety of people or a majority of people realize that the amazon skills are third party and not amazon i think a lot of people are under the assumption that because you just go hey device do this that it's staying within their ecosystem and that's not the case yes that that so the way that amazon echo skills work is uh you will a a third-party developer i could do it uh goes out and registers a developer account at amazon and then you register i want a skill that gives you a creamed you know i i want a skill that triggers on the phrase uh amazon give me creamed corn and you register that and what happens on the back end is that whenever you talk to your device 
and you tell it, you know, Alexa, give me creamed corn. Now it will send it off to, you know, it sends the voice data to Amazon servers. Amazon servers will parse that voice data and find the key phrase creamed corn. And then they look up and they realize, okay, well, the, the skill is enabled for the, you know, the Sir Pemrose creamed corn skill. And then they will send the request off to my servers, which are not necessarily even hosted by Amazon. They're controlled entirely by me. My servers churn for a little bit and then come back with a witty reply of saying, don't you mean maze? And then, it, you know, that comes back as text. Then the Amazon system will translate that back into voice and send it to your echo. And then you get that beautiful voice that says, you know, you want creamed corn. Sir Bemrose thinks you're stupid or, or whatever the reply is. So that's the way that it works. And usually it's more like, you know, uh, give me the White Sox scores. And then if you have a White Sox skill installed, then it will go back and and the third party server somewhere will query a database or an API or something, come up with a score and then return what Amazon, what the echo is supposed to say. Right. That's how skills are supposed to work. Right. It's a neat idea, but there's a lot of places where security can go wrong. And uh, unlike the app stores that are much more popular, the ones from Apple and Google, uh, Amazon does not really seem to have quite understood the idea that uh, malicious people can get developer accounts too. Yes, or that they can do anything with them. Yes. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read from from the findings of these researchers. Um, the first problem is that Amazon has partially activated skills since 2017. Previously, users had to agree to the use of each skill. Now they hardly have an overview of where the answer Alexa gives them comes from and who programmed it in the first place. When when skills first came out, uh, you would say. Alexa, give me White Sox scores. And it would say uh, it would say something like, OK, going to your White Sox skill. Is this OK? Yes or no? And you'd have to say yes. But they took out that prompt because it was awkward. And now they'll just give you a response. But it's not exactly clear where the response came from. There's no real indication that this came from a particular skill. Um, complicating this is the fact that. Uh, there's only so many possible phrases. And in fact, out of 90,000 skills, they found that uh, over 70% of those are use, use the same keyword as some other skill. Right. So, so that's a problem. It, it's, it's a concern because what it means is, is you don't have a really good way to confirm which skill responded. Now, installing skills is easy onto your device it doesn't actually activate all of them at once that probably would be very difficult um, but it allows you to install them the first method of installing and i i wanted to try this but i don't have a device that i'm willing to use so i i can't confirm i'm, I'm going by guides from places like the verge who are of course very helpful and spammy um, method one open the alexa app on your smartphone select a skill from the menu and click enable that's a pretty normal way to do it that's the way i would expect it to work is you open the catalog you browse through a long list of things that the alexa can do and you say okay i want this one um or uh it's pretty easy to enter in say white socks and it'll show you the 37 skills all of which respond to give me white socks 
and say, you know, one of them, one of them, in fact, is, is one that will pour dye onto your feet, but, um, you, it will show you all of the skills and you get to pick the one. So if you know that the one I want is the one from this developer, then you can choose that one from the list and tell it to enable that one. And it'll use that whenever you want a white Sox score instead of all the other ones. Um, that is the way that I would recommend, but there is, uh, because of course, opening up an app and going through a list is, is old school UI and is, I guess, clunky. Um, the real Amazon method of doing this is to say, uh, if you're not sure what you want, you can say, Amazon recommend me some skills, or you can say, uh, you know, Alexa recommend skills for white socks. And it will reply and tell you the various skills that it can do. And you can then say, you know, Amazon install white socks, dying app something. And it will, it will do that. Once you do that, the only way to tell that a skill is active is to open up the app on your smartphone and dig into the skills and go look through the entire list and figure out which ones are enabled. Um, I, I don't think most people do that regularly. So in general, if you ever, uh, if you ever install a skill by the vo- voice print, then it's, it's difficult to know that you're getting data from that. Okay. Um, the, the third method, by the way, if you happen to know the name of the skill that you want is, uh, you can say, Alexa, enable cold acids porn. And if there's a skill called that, it will go out and install that with nothing else. It doesn't even, I don't think it has to confirm uh, maybe, but um, basically it's, it's disturbingly easy to install skills. Uh, there's no, no download or anything. You just tell it the name of the skill. And if you can get the name exactly right and you get the incantation exactly right, because everything with this is they're They're like magic spells. They're incantations. you, you say a particular phrase and it does things behind your back. Um, it, it, it's easy. Uh, in fact, the getting started page from Amazon says, uh, gives examples like Alexa, let's play a game, which will open up the menu in there for installing game skills. Uh, Alexa, what's the question of the day? We'll install the Amazon version of the question of the day app, because of course they always favor first party and don't like to add confirmation on those. Right. So it's really, really easy to install a skill. Um, what's also really easy and requires no effort or interaction or notification on the part of the user at all is updating a skill on the back end. Um, uh, Amazon does have a, a validation process with their V1. Uh, they, they certify every time, anytime somebody wants to create a new skill, you have to submit the skill and they will certify it, which presumably means they run some tests. I don't know how, how uh, complicated or thorough these tests are, but they do certify your V1. After that though, there's no process whatsoever for updates. So as long as you can get approved, you're okay. If you can get approved the first time by publishing a flashlight app to the, the, I don't even know how that would work, but I'm sure somebody's done it. But if you can get your, your fart app, you know, Alexa, fart at me. Okay. If you get that approved, then the next thing that you can do is go change the backend to do anything you want. And whenever somebody triggers your keyword, 
it, you it it will go to your back end code and do whatever the hell you want. Okay. That so slight concern. Not a big deal if if the only thing you're asking it is fart, but if you are saying something like, you know, uh Alexa, connect me to my my drug dealer. Well, maybe that's information you don't necessarily want to be sending out. Um okay. What are the other problems? Well, um, let's see. When a skill is published in the skill store, it also displays the developer's name. We found that developers can register themselves with any company name when creating their developer account with Amazon. This makes it easy for an attacker to impersonate a well-known manufacturer or service provider. In an experiment, we were able to publish skills to the catalog in the name of a large company. That's bad. So now when you are doing using, you know, following Sir Bemrose's advice and using the smartphone list instead of just talking to the stupid thing and you are, you say, okay, I need a fart app, but I need a fart app I can trust. So we are only going to install the fart app from Facebook because I guess you're dumb and trust Facebook, but that's fine. Except that the only two pieces of information, you know, is that the developer who wrote that registered as Facebook and maybe they put a zero as one of the O's or something, but you didn't notice. And it's called a fart app, but you really have no idea who wrote that. You don't know who's doing it. So even, even going by developer name or company name uh, is not really reliable because that's tremendously easy to spoof. Well, and this is one of the big problems with devices that you just speak to rather than having something on a phone, a tablet, a computer, where you would have to click an icon, say, to start it. And you see that icon once a program is installed. Then when you go to this strictly audio method of dealing with things, it is much harder to know what's going on. Now, this may just be a newer thing Amazon is doing with the keywords because this is a huge problem with the key phrases where if multiple programs are going to be fighting to answer, as you said, if you're asking for a baseball score, well, who's going to answer the normal program that Amazon has built in? Cause it will go look for answers to basic questions online. Is it the MLB app that's going to somehow dig in? Cause it heard baseball. Is it the ESPN app? Which one is going to get the priority? That's an issue because I tried dealing with um, the Plex system for streaming music around my house. It didn't work because I have way too much music, it turns out. But when I wanted the Plex data to run, so if I went to my Amazon device, I would have to say, Alexa, ask Plex to do whatever, to play the Beastie Boys. But you had to start with ask Plex. That's how they were originally doing this to and I hear Alexa in the other room. Shut up. And that's originally how the whole I warned you. I warned you. Sorry. You're right. Turn it off. But I'm not listening to the podcast. I'm doing the podcast. That's different. But OK, so I have to speak much quieter. That just shows you again. The microphones on these devices pick up really, really yeah. well. Well, they have to because uh, the FBI insists that even crimes in another room uh, that they generate evidence of it. Yeah, you want to hear that. But that would at least made more sense to me, which is to say they're so sensitive. They can pick up illegal downloading from three rooms away. Nah, not if you're on a VPN. 
ask flex, <laughs> ask MLB, ask whatever that made sense. But now if they're getting rid of that, because that's so hard for people to remember, if they're trying to homogenize everything and guess where you're you want the thing to go with the response, that's dangerous. And you have to be way more up with what you've installed on your device. And you probably should be checking your skills regularly. And as always, as with any apps on your phone or computer, if you're not using something for an extended period of time, delete it, uninstall, do it. Yes. I, 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 that, and that is, that is good advice for anybody with any kind of app, no matter what, but who does, especially when you don't realize that the skills on your Amazon are, are, are apps and, and, and not just, uh, it, it's not, Hey, teach my Amazon a new trick. It's, it's install an app on my, uh, yeah. And it's building a list. It keeps adding them on and it really, cause it doesn't sit on your device i believe all this stuff just sits in the cloud so it's not even a case of wow my storage on my device is getting filled how what can i delete no you could do anything you no, want they're just they're just bits flipped on on your account somewhere in the cloud because all of the pro the processing isn't even done on the device they just send the raw audio to amazon which then does some cloud churning and says well we're going to send it yeah and by the way, an, an implementation you just suggested to me I, or made me think of um, that I think would be awesome and also chaotic would be, uh, OK, how about we just send, you know, if somebody triggers a keyword that has seven apps attached to it, how about we just send it to all seven of them and whichever one comes up with the best response, that's the one we'll send. That'd be or maybe we'll send idea. all seven. And by the way, best response is, of course, really subjective. And I don't trust Amazon to decide which one is best for me, but some people will. Um, uh, personally, I think the snarkiest response should win, but <laughs> right. Well, that would actually make the developers work for it. Yes. I mean, my, my first thought was the fastest response, but, um, you know, I could make the Sir Bemrose app that wins every time is every time you get a request. No, <laughs> no matter what you ask. Great. Yeah. That's not a helpful yeah, you, app. You request them. No, that is not helpful, but eat a dick. These devices are getting more and more prevalent, so it's important to know what they're doing. It's important to know how they work. And as I said, the main thing for me would be to let people know that these skills are not Amazon. They're not programs that have been vetted by Amazon very well, if at all. And they're not written by people at Amazon. Third party, just like any app you'd be adding to your phone. So your mileage may definitely vary. And this is kind of what I would have expected, which is that hurdle is there to get your Bemrose app in to the skill set. But then you can make wholesale changes after it's accepted and they're not going to be wasting yeah, the time. I, I can change it from a fart app to an MLB app on the back end after it's already in. Yep. They're not going to pay any attention to that because they're like, ah, no. this guy's OK. And and I I, I think that, uh, the you know, if if you. If multiple apps are triggered to a keyword, I, I, I would like to think that even Amazon isn't dumb enough to let you install multiple apps with the same keyword. So it'd be whichever one is installed. And, and by installed, I say installed again, like you pointed out, there is no installation process. It, it literally is attaching a bit to your account that says my account has this app enabled. And now it, that, that app is included in, in when, what, what the request is sent to the researchers also found two other concerns that I'm going to go ahead and read to you. 
Um, one is that uh, Amazon does in fact have a permissions API, uh, you know, because skills can, can be way more complicated than just tell me the local weather. Uh, they can be, tell me the local weather where I am and it uses your location data. Uh, they can be, uh, Hey, tell me the local weather where Darren is. And now my Alexa will look through my contacts and figure out that I have a contact named Darren and then pull his location data. Well, I don't know about if how, how deep that goes, but it, it will pull, it can pull information from your contacts. It can pull information from your device, from your sensors. Um, it, you know, you, there are, there are health apps that are, uh, you know, Alexa, get my heart rate right now. And if you're wearing a smartwatch, it will pull that information. So, um, there is, this isn't just fart for me and ha ha ha. Nobody, I don't care if, if somebody steals my personal data about whether I want to use a fart app, there is, there is real concern about, uh, you know, personal information because these things can pull in data from sensors. Now, Amazon has an API that controls permissions and, and you, you know, it's the same thing with, with the smartphone where you say, this thing wants permission to your contacts. Yes. No, this wants permissions to your firstborn child. Yes. No. And you can, tell it no and a lot of, in a lot of cases the app will just abort and say well screw you then i won't run which is of course their way of extorting you into giving them permissions but uh amazon has that sort of api but here's the best part um the researchers found 358 skills of the ones they analyzed which went ahead and grabbed the personal information from the uh, from the device, from where uh, the database, without bothering to go through the API. So they didn't ask permission. They didn't get permission. They apparently uh, this personal data, the the access to your contacts, the access to your location. Um, th- there is an API where you can say, uh, hey, Amazon, I would like permission to get this person's contact. And Amazon, I guess, says, yeah, OK, go ahead. And then you go call the con the API for the contacts. But if you don't ask permission and you just get the contacts, apparently that works. That's a little bizarre. The, the researchers, they, they said they found 358 of these apps that were able to get that, that, that went, ignored the API and just grabbed personal information. So I guess that works. Um, I, I, it concerns me if that's the architecture. I'd like to know more from Amazon's end and they may end up re- responding to this, but more likely they won't. More likely they'll just make some changes and push it out in the next update. Yeah. One and, thing and I never find, tell anybody. Yeah. One thing I find interesting is that I've never tried to do this, but you cannot access the data of what is installed on these devices from the Amazon website. All you can do with the device is delete all voice recordings and deregister. You actually wow. have to have the app, the app to be able to look at this, which is which is insidious in its own right. So not only do you need to have a <laughs> laptop or a desktop, you need to have a phone or a tablet to actually get in to see what's going on with the device. Apps like that only get installed in the emulator from the Android SDK, as far as I'm concerned. It's a little bizarre, but because uh, I I, I love that emulator for installing apps that I don't trust because I can I can feed it bogus location data. I can feed it made up fake contact information. It's a good way um, to sandbox it. Oh, and and speaking of made up fake contact information, I found the most awesome thing in F Droid the other day called the fake contacts app. 
Uh, I, I, I have to mention this one. Uh, it, it is a simple app that all it does is with one button, it adds a bunch of contacts to your phone. Um, it's very configurable. You can change who the contacts are, what their phone number is, et cetera. Um, you, you give it random patterns and it will fill out the random parts to create, uh, but by default, it just creates a bunch of names, all of which start with Z so that they sort at the bottom of the list and don't get in the way of your real contacts. But you just push a button and it fills your phone with garbage data so that when you install, uh, a TikTok or Instagram or one of those apps that sucks all your contacts off your, then all, you're poisoning the well. You're just giving them a bunch of garbage contacts. And then you push another button and it deletes all the ones it added. Which is how they have 5 billion users. <laughs> I just thought that was a great idea. It's like if, if you're going to install an app that is sucking your contacts up and putting them in a database, go ahead and poison the database. Yeah, I have a really hard time with any app and i understand sir bemrose never install an app but i've had apps that i went to install and when it came up needs access to your contact information i'm like nope Uh, and then not install it well this was fun to use but uninstalling yes that's it because i don't want it spamming people in my contact list and uh there's no reason i mean now unless you're doing something where it can automatically dial but all that's built in now but it's you have to be careful when it asks for it. Like you said, if you're if you're getting a flashlight app and it's like we need access to all of your contacts, your location information. Yeah. And yeah, uh, how about no? You know what? I'll go ahead and install the next fart app down on the list. We're good. Yeah. Whatever works. Whatever works. Yeah. It's this the, fart app requires access to your anal sphincter. As more of these devices get out in the wild. And I think they are very much out in the wild now i think this is something that people don't even look at as an oddity anymore that uh, this is going to keep getting worse as the nefarious doers realize how easy it is to get a foothold on these devices and the fact of the matter is these devices once you have access to any devices we've talked about any internet of things device in your wi-fi once you can access one of those You've compromised pretty much everything on that network. So we go right back down that same line again, which oh, is yeah. have a separate router, have a separate Wi-Fi to have all your yeah. IoT. Oh, things. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're not going to do name Ben this, just like every router these days comes with a a one click install guest network. Yes. Just put your any you know, any of your light bulbs, your your smart fridge, your your smart food. You know, I, I, I don't know. Did my last prime <laughs> rib came with an app. Oh yeah, it's good um, your, to know when it's done. Your your uh, Alexa, FBI, CIA, NSA spying device, all of those, put them on your guest network. You know, I saw a device the other day that was basically a George Foreman grill on steroids that had temperature. Did it have an app? I'm sure it did. I guess there were temperature sensors built into this that there must be like little probes that actually go into the meat. So it knows exactly when it's done for rare, medium, rare, well done, whatever you want it. And I was like, well, that's a really good idea. And then so it was like 600 bucks. And I'm like, no, I'll just continue cooking steaks the way (laughs) I I always would. Uh, That's a really good idea. But I've got a lot of history being able to tell when meat's done. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, but not quite there at that price. It seemed like it was being billed 
as that's 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 what we call the early adopter price by the way there's a lot of people many many of whom live in silicon valley or seattle or san francisco who have way more money and a, a kind of gadget lust that keeps this industry alive when they're the ones who who are will, will the willing beta testers of the product they're the ones who will grab something before it comes out and if they test it and everything works and it looks like it's ready for prime time then the price comes down by an order of magnitude and it gets sent out where it can be used and that's your clue that the product's finally ready to go and be tested but when something stupid comes out for $600 then that's the early adopter price that that price is set so that only the people with gadget lust are going to care about installing it. Yes, which I knew that's who it was being aimed at when it was described as sous vide without water. And I'm like, I don't even God. do sous vide with water. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I haven't caught up to that part yet. I mean, I've heard great I, things, but no, I haven't haven't tried it. And that was the concept, I guess, of slow cooking the meat and then the. The thing had the ability to take the plates because, again, it's like a George Foreman grill and it had the ability to like superheat the plates then to do a sear. And then otherwise uh, it, was, it was it was an wait, the plates. Oh the, oh, the plates in the grill. Yes. I thought maybe like it heated your plate that you're going to put <laughs> the steak on when you're ready to eat. Well, that's that would all have to be connected by a um, Bluetooth. I, I'd be like, does this work with my paper plates? <laughs> How could you do that? Please. I'd like warm paper plates. That's usually called kindling at that point. But that's yeah. OK. <laughs> How warm? How warm exactly does this thing get? Um, it was it was high. I mean, it was more than a, as far as to do the searing. It was really it got way hotter, which I remembered talking to uh, the the wait staff at the great steakhouse here in Chicago, Gibson's. There's a couple of them in the area, and they talk about how they at least start the meat or the, this may be the way they cook the meat the whole time. They have an oven that goes up to like like these pizza ovens. It's like fifteen hundred degrees, which gets you that beautiful char on the outside, but the inside stays perfectly the way you want it. And yeah. There's a, my, there's my gas grill. My gas grill outside on the deck does that to everything. I don't think your gas grill's getting up to fifteen hundred. I mean, I don't know. I guess you put well, no, thermite it's, it's in not, it, or... but it gives me a good char on the outside of everything I cook. <laughs> but see, this is even better because it's quicker. Yeah, it's like a good well, pizza oven. Some of those. I, for no, I, I have a no. I have I have. Here's here's my fantastic recipe for charring anything. Is you go out and you put it on the gas grill, and you forget to set a timer, and you log into No Agenda Social, and you then. And a moment later, it is blackened on the grill. Yeah, that's the Bemrose way, Sir Matthew. Charred on the outside, raw on the inside. <laughs> yeah. So the the last thing that was noted by uh, the researchers about the Alexa skills is um, that it, it, you know, like like most apps, like most you know anybody who puts out software online, what's you know what what are the things that are always attached? The you know not non technical, but Legally is always attached. You've always got a terms of service, right? Which and I've you've never always got one. a privacy policy, right? Yeah, I've never heard one of those on those devices either. Yeah, well, the terms of service are implicit. You Amazon allows developers to file them, but does not require users to agree to them. It just has a blanket statement that says, by installing, by I'm sorry, I keep saying installing. You're not installing anything by enabling a skill on your device. You agree to the terms of service from the app developer. Now, if that doesn't creep anybody the hell out, I don't know what does. Um, they also have a place where a developer can 
uh, release a privacy policy. If your Alexa device is handing private data to a third party, wouldn't it be nice if they had a privacy policy? Well, out of 90,000 skills in the catalog, what percentage would you guess filled in the optional privacy policy field? How many companies? Probably 1%. Uh, It's a little higher than that. 24%. One in four have a privacy policy. Wow. Three in four of the skills that you can install on your Alexa do not have a privacy policy at all. Now, if it's just a fart app, if it's just uh, an app that makes your Alexa make farting noises or, you know, uh, you know, play rare encounter or something that, that nobody cares about privacy, then maybe you don't care. But it, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and drill into some categories. Um, there, there's a category called kids. Um, kids, you would think, uh, you, you would want to care about privacy because there are laws on the books like COPPA, the children online protection act, whatever, uh, boy, privacy protection, I believe. Yes. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice to be sure that the company that created an app in the kids category had one? What percentage of kids apps do you think has a a privacy policy? Let's see if it's 24 overall for kids. I'm going 13. You nailed it. Yes. <laughs> it is 13, or you're reading the article, no. but that's cool too. Because no. <laughs> yes. it is 13% of apps in the kids category have a privacy policy at all. 87% of the kids apps do not have a privacy policy. And I assure you that a large number of those are violating COPPA. Okay. Um, and then the other category that is of note is that only 42% of the apps in the health category have a privacy policy. So higher than, higher than the general 42, but more than half of the health apps don't have a privacy policy. And if it's a health app, then you know that it's, it's trading data, which is covered by HIPAA. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and it is. Um, it is the the COPPA thing is what you have to be thirteen or over not to be a part of. Yeah, that, you, I if, if you are if you are twelve or under, you are covered by COPPA, whether you want to be or not. And there are some very strong restrictions, which are the kind of thing that any company that pays attention to COPPA tends to just say things like, "You must be thirteen to use our site." Yes, and it's with these devices again. I think people just look at them as something that responds. And something that plays entertaining content as opposed to collecting data. I think everybody understands desktops, laptops collect some kind of data from you. I think at this point, most people understand phones collect some data from you. I think we're still catching up with these other devices that they can collect data from you. They can interact with other things. And because of that, especially, as you said, with the smartwatches and things like that, if you're using a smartwatch that is attached to your Amazon device, it can access some of that information. I noticed with the new Roku, like, oh, yeah, you can control it. There was something you can connect it to the Amazon devices. And I'm like, I have never done that. I don't know why I would want to do that. I guess some people think that's cool. I don't know. But then you know that whatever information you're giving them, even if it's, you know, Amazon play YouTube on the Roku, then, you know, Amazon now has a record that you went to YouTube as well. So it's all about data and it, everything's about data. You never know what the kids are going to get. I mean, they might just be like, Amazon, please order this yeah. new toy. You know, damn well that, that a kid who, who doesn't, 
okay, every adult listening to me right now, I expect that even if you choose not to care that you are, if you're listening to this show, you are capable of acknowledging that these are concerns that you need to think about, even if you think about them and go, yeah, I'm not worried. That is an adult decision to make. But kids, your children, any child that you allow to talk to this infernal piece of equipment can if they if they know or if they see on a YouTube video the keywords that you need, the special incantation, they can install anything because I, I don't believe that the echo device will filter based on your voice or based on which user is trying to install. I, my understanding is that anyone who can talk to the thing, if they know the right incantation, they can they can order things from Whole Foods. They can install stuff. They do have it, that built. I don't know if you can use it to decline whether something will do it or not if the correct key words are given but they do finally have it built in now with the amazon devices to recognize voices which is good so that way at least you have a clue who's doing it but i mean i could still see you know little jimmy or something like uncle ryan i was listening to this show on the stream what's hentai <laughs> go go ask abel kirby go yes go ask uncle cold acid yes so, uh, when asked by Chris Machisic, I, I, it's a, it's a name that only, uh, CSB is going to be able to pronounce. I am apologizing for that. Um, from ZDNet, the, the interviewer, the person who wrote up this story, uh, when asked, uh, what their official response was, Amazon said, quote, the security of our devices and services is a top priority. Sure. That's, I mean, I mean, I I believe it's a priority. I don't, I I don't, you know, top it's in the top of of, of all our, you know, we have 10 priorities for this and it's in the top 20. Well, the problem is again, what these apps can do. And there was a time where it was very simplistic, where you had to say the right keyword to trigger it and whatever it responded with after it responded you had to go back in and trigger it again that they're really lax now they're easing that so i would worry about an app especially one that kids are using that you know the kid could give the key phrase whatever like play this content and then the content would be like at the, you know oh tell me your name tell me your address tell me your phone number tell yes. me mommy you- and daddy's credit card information do you like scary stories yes Tell me one. No. Uh, please, please describe what, what position are you sitting? Where are you standing? What are you wearing? Uh-huh. This, is a, this is a completely <laughs> different app. Really? I tell quickly. you what, if, yeah. If, if an Amazon echo ever asks my, my kid or my wife, what they're wearing, then there's going to be a hammer. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could just unplug the thing. You understand. Although it's harder mm, with the Wi-Fi. That, I, I mean. I'm not sure that's enough. Yeah. There may be batteries inside that might keep it online. There's uh it, it might not provide the the uh, sufficient uh, satisfaction for the amount of rage I would feel at that moment to merely unplug it. Yeah, it may not be a permanent thing, which is another thing these devices allow you to do and I've always wondered what Amazon was really doing to secure them. There is a drop-in feature on the Alexa and I do think you have to opt into this. So I that's at least one thing that is that is okay, but it's basically making a 
voice over IP connection between devices. So if I gave my parents and one of these Amazon devices enabled the drop in thing, I could just go to my device, you know, Amazon drop in on mom's echo and it would automatically connect so you could hear what was going on there and speak to them. There is no like you would with a normal call on most things, whether it's Skype or FaceTime, where the person gets a ringing and has to say, "Okay, pick this up. We acknowledge that there is a call coming in. The drop in feature on the Amazon devices simply just I think goes on the other end, lights up and then you can hear and talk. You you can't see this on the video, but this this is my horrified face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is if you don't hear that original beep telling you it was connected. And I think that is yeah, because perhaps you're in a noisy room yes. or yeah, or sleeping. Someone <laughs> was talking or you're sleeping or, or your cat won't shut up. I mean, because that would be great. I mean, if I could drop in on that device in your house without you hearing that and then just scream you know, like a bloody murder horror movie scream and then disconnect. I mean, that would freak the hell out of somebody if you did that in the middle of the night. I, 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 I just, I don't, I don't trust these things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I, I feel like th- this is the, this is the moment. And a lot of people have missed it. A lot of people aren't seeing it. This is the moment that convenience has gone too far. I think it, just, I think it got a whole lot worse when these devices started adding video screens and cameras i could deal with the audio stuff to a certain amount there's only so much at least for me privacy that's being invaded with audio video just takes it to a whole nother perverse level i yeah well we're 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 not talking about anime here though (laughs) no no that's a completely different show that's rare encounter with abel kirby and RareEncounter.net. if you want to talk about that but these devices just like the people that have any of them, I'm you know, it's mean to just keep pointing to uh, Xfinity, who offers that there are cable company that offers the in-home security with the cameras. I'm like, I will never put a camera in the house that I don't have full, complete control of. Even then, I don't put them oh, in yeah. the house. Well, the the OK, I, the only one I can talk specifically to is the, the Comcast security one. Uh, which, uh, if I don't, cor- if I don't correct you and not, not necessarily correct, cause you're not a, I, I don't think you're wrong, but if I don't add this, I'm going to hear about it from my brother who <laughs> works for a, a large company that is, is Comcast, but he won't say, um, the, the, at least with the Comcast one, uh, they very specifically, it's against their terms of use. You are not allowed to put this camera in your house because of the liability that opens Comcast up to um, they, they have the home security thing. That camera must be mounted outside because all of those images go up to and get stored in the cloud. And I've seen you know, my wife, because we have one here, it points outside. It gets great pictures of our car 24 seven. Yes. And it, my wife will, if, if a package was delivered and they left the package out in the rain, she will pull up the app and search through the footage that was uploaded to the cloud and find out which company, which delivery driver brought the package because these things are high resolution. You can, you could read a damn license plate with these things, uh, that's going through the driveway and she will find out which delivery driver from which company left our package out in the rain just so that she can go out and complain to them. But, um, 
it is a huge, huge no-no and your uh, home security account will be canceled if they ever find out that that camera can pick up any part of the inside of your house because the liability for them storing all that footage in the cloud is too high. I am going to fact check you from Xfinity.com slash learn slash home security. Say the word, control the security right from your TV. And the little graphic is showing living room, porch, you know, and it shows uh, watch the kids. Okay, then I have no idea. And, <laughs> and, uh, Which, uh, yeah, I don't understand. This is the freaky part because, you know, for this system to work like any of these, it's sending that information to the cloud, which means somebody on the other end. And this happened not with Xfinity, but there was another security company that was recently nailed for this that somebody was spying on people because you know if you're a voyeur that's the best job ever to get is like tech at one of these well, companies we had we had that story from adt a while back oh, they're right it was ADT. that story made it all over the place it was on no agenda it was even on hog story you know and it makes sense because people are trusting these companies with that kind of access again you think it's intrusive and it is to have one of the listening tubes, but it's the listening tube is exactly this. Well, no, actually the listening tube is still better than your cell phone because your cell phone has multiple cameras in it as well. So you never know when the video is being yeah, all of which monitored. are covered by tape. Yes. Which is a very good idea. You know, at the very least when you're charging the device or something, or if it's in your bedroom, you know, have a sticky note to at least go over the camera if you want to use that camera during the day or, or, or the inside of a drawer that works, too, for <laughs> yeah. m- making sure you can uh, charge it and not have it see you. That's a good idea. These things just weird me out having a camera so, in the house, because then it's like, yeah, I don't know. You get up. It's like you better make sure you put the robe on <laughs> or at least underwear. <laughs> Otherwise, you may well, be on I, the Internet. I, I have an opinion that the. The NSA guys who are spying on me inside of my house, they they deserve the mental scarring they're going to get if they happen to see me without a robe. Yeah, those are some very small cameras. I'm like, if you I, put I them am in, not particularly cursed with modesty, but I understand my effect on other people. You're like, if you put those cameras in, you deserve yeah. what you get. Now, with, this- with regards to the Xfinity thing, um, we have uh, at least one person, Bimlet, who listen. I know listens to this show because I am constantly hearing like, oh, you were wrong about this. Or I really, you know, I, I didn't I want to fact check you. OK, well, uh, here's your time to shine. I expect a, a voicemail or or some kind of uh, statement explaining why it is that they can get away with putting these cameras in your home to spy and uploading that to the cloud. Not only that, under their features, record now, view later, get 24-7 video recording included only with our Home Security Plus plan. View, download, share videos from anywhere with our Xfinity Home app. Easily search footage by people, vehicles, pet activity, and more so you can find moments fast. Seven days of complete video history from up to four cameras stored in our cloud. So a full week of four different cameras of your life in your house stored on the Xfinity servers. So you're, you're not seeing this on the video, but this, this is my creeped out face. (laughs) It should be. It should be. I mean, I when doing all the bunch of reviews and I got a bunch of these cameras for free and I've just pointed them all outside of windows. So I get a view of the front of the house and the back of the house. They're all pointed out. And that is all I've used them for. I, I would like to actually put them 
and mount them outside because a couple of them are all weather because they do have the infrared, which means you could still see at night, which would be good when you stick them inside the house. When it gets dark outside, the little uh, the little LEDs that would be normally at least giving you some view of what's going on in the dark, then they just bounce off the window in front of it. And that don't work. Well, you yeah, but if if you get a reflection off the window in front of it, then uh, you're still getting full video of everything that happens in that room and maybe the next two rooms over because all they have to do is they they request the footage from the NSA and then say enhance. Right. Enhance. Enhance. That's why you keep curtains in front of them. That's even better. Yes. But be careful. So, folks. <laughs> what, what else have you got? The Gab Network was hacked. Speaking oh, of privacy. Speaking of privacy. Yeah. The most interesting thing about this, I mean, going along with the previous story, which is uh, the hack data dubbed gab leaks. I mean, okay, is that really, are we getting that just uh formulaic, if you will, that just anything now you just throw the name in front of leaks. We can come up with something better. Anything to put in a headline. Yeah. It was shared Sunday. by. At least we're not calling it gab gate. That, that'll be soon though, because the, the transparency group DDOS secrets came out with this. They said it included 70 gigabytes of public posts, private posts, user profiles, hash passwords, direct messages, and plain text passwords for groups. And the group said so far, it's only offering the data set to journalists and researchers due to privacy concerns, which makes sense. Okay. 70 gigabytes of text messages. Holy crap. That's a lot. And, and, and I'm sure no black hat groups out there would ever pretend to be a journalist or a researcher. Which is why when you're communicating with somebody, understand what you're using to do that. And I don't trust anything at this point, including the SMS available on my normal, you know, through my phone provider. Don't trust Google Voice, obviously. I said to my wife the other day, I'm like, well, you know what? Really need to put talks on your well, it, phone. It just depends on what you want to trust them with. If If you know that this is being listened in. And you're okay with that, then 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 that is a level of trust, and that means that SMS is fine. Yeah, well, yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't talk about hiding the body you or know, anything it, on a text I, message. I mean, you know, come on, come on. If you oh, hear the cat, oh fuck, hey, Growly, what's up, buddy? You, the the last couple shows, whenever the cat did that, it didn't go through the noise gate. And if you don't say anything, then you know <laughs> only the people in the stream will know. Wow, maybe. No, he's 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 going today. Oh, he's singing the song of his people. <laughs> well, that's good. He sounds happy. It said the uh, hacker that did this was able to siphon the data from Gab site via uh, SQL injection vulnerability. So congratulations, Gab. Not uh, not good. SQL injections. That's that's been around for as long as there yeah. have been bulletin boards and uh, and PHP. And, and See, this is this is one thing that I like about uh, Mastodon is that when when 70 gigabytes worth of data is breached from that, you know that that's like five minutes of the federated timeline. That's all you lost. Because that does grab like everything, doesn't it? it I, 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 I had to shut down my instance. Uh, oh, was got it, that bad? I, I just like I realized I wasn't using it enough and it was it was using up 30 percent of my hard drive on my server just just from idling. Wow. Just sitting out. And- I, I'm sure that I've misconfigured it somehow and there's probably ways of doing it. But uh, the the real reason for shutting it down was I was like, I, I'm not using this. Yeah. Well, at least you figured out 
how to do it. And you looked and that is the biggest problem when you want to know what it takes. And we've talked about that recently, how much as far as resources and bandwidth that it takes to run even a site like that, which is just you and a couple of people using it. That is not a small endeavor. When you start adding up to 10,000 people like No Agenda Social is, then you're talking a serious amount of resources needed, which turns into very quickly a serious amount of money to keep everything going. So thanks, Aaron, for doing all of that over there. Yeah, we definitely appreciate the people who have the means and willingness to do that because it's I, I honestly firmly believe that it is the answer to to the gated community, walled garden controlled versions of social media is is the the de- the federated decentralized media where uh you can where where you don't have the network effect enforcing monopolies i think that that is the right solution but it it, it may be decentralized i'm still not convinced it's quite at the point where anyone can throw up a, a, a node and it, you know the same thing with uh, the the podcasting 2.0 where they're trying to push the uh, the value tag right. it is a really great idea but they are not yet at the point where anyone can throw up a node it's quite difficult still and i know a lot of people are working on both of those problems and i very much look forward to when it becomes easy and turnkey because the moment that you can just go out and uh, install a package and know that you're not going to be resource intensive and look instant instance of a you know, federated instance, then you are now connected to a global social network that is, you know, and, and I mean, when I can install a, a Mastodon app on my phone and it's not just a connection to an existing instance, it is installing an instance on my phone. Right. Then right. I feel like that is how you get a true decentralized social network. That is also how you get around uh, a, a story that I've got today. We don't have to get into because we've told the story twice already, but a big Silicon Valley company meddling in the politics of another country. Yeah, they do it a lot. There's no question yeah. there. There, I keep saying that. Uh, I need a shock collar. We can, I'm sure Cold <laughs> Acid has one. He's into that weird stuff. But the social media stuff, you're absolutely right. When you can just install it and it just works, that's what people want. This value tag on the podcasting 2.0 fully agree there as well that it's more likely i just want to be able to put my bitcoin address or ethereum address into the rss feed and have it work i'm still not understanding why necessarily the node has to be involved except to keep i'm guessing all the fees and stuff is the issue because we already have wallets that could be put in there because uh bitcoin and uh ethereum to a lesser extent simply do not handle the amount of volume that uh the podcasting 2.0 people are are proposing here and that volume is uh, a few satoshis every minute from every person listening to podcasts to everyone who runs an app to every podcaster who creates content uh in in a constant stream plus the occasional boost when you push because somebody said something that was awesome and um but here would be the, my, the, the my, total volume of transactions is is two orders of magnitude more than these systems are provided for and that's why they decided to go to lightning which is very good in terms of being able to handle the scale but um it, it apparently requires some infrastructure people are working that out well, I would just be under, uh, I guess the question would be, why not just have these apps 
do the transfers once every 24, 48, 72 hours rather than every second you're listening will log what you need to send wherever on the device. But then instead of the, I mean, the real time, I get that's kind of cool, but I can also see where that would be overloading some of these systems almost unnecessarily because there's no reason why that has to go out instantaneously but yeah. maybe that's something that's thought Cold of. acid in the troll room is telling you that you need to read the white paper which uh admittedly in the middle of a a, a podcast uh, live show i'm not sure is the right solution I think, <laughs> I think the right solution is cold acid reads the white paper and then comes out as a guest at some point and explains it actually i that would be a whole lot less work for me and much more interesting because we'd get to talk to somebody see that's exactly the way we like it so go ahead cold acid now you have homework See what you did? Yeah. Yep. The other the other story I had was, and I don't remember if I opted into this or not. I'm kind of hoping I am, but I think I didn't. Because, you know, every time one of these class action lawsuits comes around, you know what the end result is usually going to be, which is usually everybody gets like 50 cents. <laughs> You're told to go up on your way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, no, not everybody. The lawyers make out like bandits. Yes. Yeah. The lawyers will definitely make their money. Uh, but there were two of these that just hit. The first was involving TikTok, where ByteDance reached a $92 million settlement with the United States, you know, over using your facial data and all of your other data to just send it to various Chinese organizations, government. Con- Don't worry about where your data is going. If you're using TikTok, you're oblivious anyway, if you are. But there's over 100 million people. On TikTok, so this $92 million settlement, as you said, after the lawyers take their settlement out. It's a buck each. If if that, no, it's under because it's probably like 30 cents, but that's that's fine. The Facebook now, the state of Illinois and California, I don't know if California was in on this, but both California and Illinois have been really big proponents of you can't use facial recognition data without people opting in. Yeah. That we've talked which, about, which, by the way, annoys the hell out of of governments and and also big corporations who want to use it for everything. Yes. Now, in 2018, this case became a class action lawsuit and Facebook then altered the platform to be opt in only. So that's good. It made that change. The, well, the whole platform is opt in. Facebook is opt in. Well, yes. But even if you're on Facebook, you then have to opt in on the facial okay. recognition part. So it's not just that you're opting into Facebook. You then have to opt into this part. I I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook said, like, by using Facebook, you agree to no privacy. That's really that would be what that would be an honest privacy policy from Facebook. And it may only be in in Illinois and wherever these are have been made by a state by state basis have been made illegal. Like geofencing, that would even work. Yes. If uh, they believe, you know, that your location was legit. The three plaintiffs that are named in the suit will each receive 5,000 apiece. Everybody else in the class action lawsuit will receive 345 bucks, which is real money. It's like, did I, uh, that, that's not trivial. How many people are in this? Um, however many people in Illinois that signed in. So you figure it's 650 million and the people that were involved are getting 15, uh, was it 15,000? So that's not much. It's 650 million. 345 people that means there's a few million people in illinois that uh and i could be one of them i don't remember if i signed up for this or not because i was on facebook oh, when this like, came up but it's a little like late. almost two million people i guess yeah it, yeah it makes sense and i wish i was uh 
wish I was signed up for this one. And the wife and the dog and all the fake accounts that we had. Well, I I mean, uh, yeah, but I, okay. But what else are you signing up for? For, I mean, it's just 300 bucks. I guess it's 300 bucks. Yeah. 345 each. I mean, that's better than the 2000 that Biden's not giving us. Right. Well, then there was the Republican who wanted 10,000 a piece, but I think that was, I didn't read the article, but from what I can gather, that was just showing the lunacy of the continually raising prices and of these stimulus things and uh because i don't think you know well you know it would be it would be well over twenty thousand if uh according to the total budget of the stimulus bill that pelosi was pushing for this if if they gave us two thousand but it was uh only ten percent of that went into the two thousand checks and the rest of it was was pork and foreign aid and uh cushy uh, handouts for anybody who donated to the Democrat Party. Well, we have to rebuild Syria after we bomb them. Built back better, isn't that right? Isn't that exactly what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, no, no. In fact, uh, that that's actually not what most people want America to be doing. And uh, but fortunately, with uh, Obama 2.0, that's that's what's happening. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're tired about what's going on on Earth, Orbital Assembly Corp. Just hit a million dollars in fundraising. Do you, have you seen this story? I didn't. They just raised a million dollars and they aim to have a luxury space hotel open by 2027. Now we've heard stuff like this for years, you know, this pie in the sky, space tourism, all of that, but it's already 2021. So 2027 within six years, do you think a company? Can really yeah that's not happening i don't think so either it was an interesting uh, yeah, well, i mean they they might make it to the i i still don't see it happening within six years because everything takes too long but um i mean you could see getting to the early adopter stage where uh one night in the hotel costs 15 million dollars or something oh yeah they were saying the prices were going to be just <laughs> yeah, more than uh, extravagant and rightfully so. I mean, you can't just hop on a Greyhound to get to space. Or yeah. can you? I don't know. What can Greyhounds do? So the uh, I, I hinted at this story before, but um, we, we, we've told this story before. So stop me when you've heard it uh, in Turkey. Uh, the you know, there's the, the racial strife that's constantly going on. There's the Turkish government and then there's the Kurds who generally are not always a fan of what the government does uh there's a militia group called ypg in uh turkey and uh the turkish government went to facebook and said can you ban all communications from ypg and uh facebook in in particular in a leaked email from cheryl sandberg said yeah i'm fine with this and uh so um they they have geo-blocked anybody in turkey or syria from seeing any pages having to do with YPG or Kurdish militia in any way. Um, this started in 2017. It is still censored today. The, uh, the Kurds are, uh, calling foul saying that the Turkish military are committing war crimes and they are trying to post photos and Facebook is censoring that. So, um, the article I read was from ProPublica, who of course was uh, immensely biased. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, uh, we, we told this story a couple times just recently where uh, some authoritarian government somewhere tries to do something authoritarian and big Silicon Valley company is totally cool with engaging their censorship machine. 
Yeah. Or if CPAC comes out, then we're perfectly fine ignoring and blocking and doing whatever. It's a it's a pretty foregone conclusion at this time that social media is biased. Every platform is biased. And there are some. I mean, they're the minority in the gabs and the parlors. There are a few that are very much free speech centered, which makes them, of course, alt-right and hateful. But it seems to me that uh, there's no social media platform and everybody in the troll room can correct me if I'm wrong. But there really isn't a social media platform at this point that you would go. No, no, they're pretty neutral when it comes to politics. It's either Uh, you're all I I would I would call out the no agenda troll room for being pretty neutral. No, it's not. There's not (laughs) neutral at all. I mean, the 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 ownership is not neutral. Well, it is because it's the uh what's allowed is the mods are the mods are completely neutral right of course you would never fair right never heavy-handed at all no it's like definitely wouldn't kick people out for for using things like extra parentheses yeah sometimes cooler heads just need to prevail but facebook i mean there's no question where's the fun in that facebook twitter totally left-leaning gab parlor totally right-leaning there's no one large social media entity out there now that's not involved in this that's not seeing heat and we've talked about this a lot that everything is worldwide not a media site based just in you know panama or just in the united states when you start crossing all these borders and every country has vastly different laws it is very hard to run a social media site i don't feel bad for them because most of them seem to be douchebags it's not actually that hard. What What's hard is if if your policy is meddling, then it becomes immensely complicated to meddle within the strictures of all these different laws. If your policy is hands off, it's actually quite a lot easier. Because well, it is. for if- the most part, almost all of the laws in question are if you do something, then here are some restrictions. And if you don't do anything, then you're not being restricted. But if you're Facebook and you want to be hands off and you want to function in Turkey and the Turkish government says you'll do it our way or we'll block you, then the choices become a little bit more limited. Yes, I know. And my my ideas are are pretty radical and don't work in in the real world where we have large groups of of an entire half of the political spectrum who thinks that it is your sworn duty to meddle in everything everybody else does and control people so that they never do anything well i don't need to rant about that you're noticing they're even going after vpns now of course it's for copyright issues the folks vpns they're on the list because they allow you anonymity online that is why they're on the list at this point yeah yes yes why how have they not all been canceled by now yeah because nobody cared for years and years and years they've been doing the piracy thing and they've been doing the uh the anonymity thing for a long time now all of a sudden it's important because there's a foothold and i don't know how it happened that all of a sudden there's a foothold in the united states and or elsewhere around the world we're just not as up on what's going on but in the united states the fact that there's a foothold of people now getting into power who want to limit speech from a in a country that the first rule that was added in was like you shall have freedom of speech that's that's the number one thing yes i i still maintain that 
people today would be a whole lot better off if the Bill of Rights were shortened to its first five words and then followed to the letter. Yes. You shall not infringe. No, no. The first five words are con- Congress shall make no law. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I thought you meant of the, uh, is that the first amendment? It would be, uh... yeah, that too. No, the second amendment is important. It's the one that protects all the others. <laughs> well, yeah. If you got guns, although I have to go and check out our local uh, gun shop because Gene, which was mentioning the other day, locally where he is, nobody's got ammo. He goes into the gun shop and the aisles that were normally filled with ammo now have different things. So I don't know what's going on. There's like an ammo shortage and why this is kind of like the uh, tin can shortage. I guess there's been an ammo shortage for a year and a half now must be getting worse. I'm sure it is. Uh, yeah, hello. Look, look at what the Democrats are doing. Uh, the, the, you know, if, if ammunition production can keep up, then the best thing for, you know, if, if you are a manufacturer of ammunition or a sales of, of ammo and, and you can keep up with the demand, then the best thing that could possibly happen to your business is the Democrats come into power and start talking about gun control again. <laughs> And then that hits the media and suddenly everyone wants your product. Yeah, we should be every single time. We should be marketing ammo. We should be building ammo. We we should be investing in ammo every time that that a Democrat comes into power. And every time there's a school shooting, people buy up ammo because they're pretty sure that this time the Democrats will manage to try to ban it. They're certainly going to try and it won't be a ban. This will be a nudge. It won't be a ban. It will be a nudge. It will be, oh, it will be yet another small fraction of the right stripped away. Yet another portion of that frog will be boiled. Yes, that was early on in Grumpy Old Beds. We talked about the woman that was a lawmaker somewhere on the uh, East Coast that wanted to have like a 50 cent per bullet tax on any ammo bought. And like, why would anybody need to buy more than a few rounds of ammunition? You know, to be proficient so you don't yeah. accidentally shoot your kid. Practice. Right. Well, you can use blanks for that. Yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> it just goes bang with blanks. Not yeah. the same. Not like, the same. I, I thought I was pretty good, but I didn't even hit the target with a single shot. Yeah. <laughs> that gives you a lot less stopping power when they're blanks. I mean, it goes bang and then. Or. Or an entire clip of tracers. Right. That's uh, that's not good. You got to have the real I, actually, thing. I think that's how video game guns work is that uh, <laughs> it clips ma- magazines and, and ammunition and video games. is uh, They don't have normal rounds. Every single round is a tracer. Well, that's got to look pretty on the screen. I mean, yeah. for all these high end video cards that they're going to be crippling. So you can't mine Ethereum with them. And uh, Ethereum's going down. I mean, the minute I get into Ethereum down, down down i'm bad luck you caused this yes i did i just wanted to mine a little bit and of course csb is like yeah see, your selfishness money. you will your never selfishness make money. destroyed ethereum yeah i hope you're happy with yourself i'm like i made like 70 dollars i'm like i'm not expecting he's like there's no profit i'm like well there's a little it's not a lot but it did open up my eyes onto how the whole thing works to be able to see this happening in real time in the little terminal window like Oh, it's doing this, this, and this, and this is how much it's coming back with. And it's an interesting concept. It helped me understand how the whole thing works. I still think it's just a big casino out in cyberspace and that all of these things could go to zero at any given time. We've seen them go the other way. There's still no legitimate I, reason why. I, I've seen them go both directions in a single day. So, yes. yeah. Yes. 
they crash, then they come back, and then they crash. It's not like it's stock manipulation at all. No. No, it's not. Or wait, it is, actually. But I digress. Uh, it's an interesting uh, concept. It is. Do we have any experts today? We do. We do. It's the first day of the month. So, of course, we have some experts. We got our, oh, our, our trusty Patreon experts. We've got our Patreones who are over on the Patreon site that we never mentioned. They're like the uh, the poor yeah. stepkids. <laughs> they're they're like they're, they've got their secret club over there because we never we never mention it. We never do any any marketing. We don't. People don't know unless they've just searched out like, I wonder if there's a secret club where people can, you know, that's so secret. Even the hosts of the show barely know about it. Right. We don't take part, but there is. I mean, there's like a message board and stuff there, I guess. I've never used it, but there are so many platforms. Our buddies at Cry America were just talking about a new platform they were going to for their video. And there's a lot of people we talked about in the last episode with Twitter trying to get in on this game. The monetization game is definitely in play all across the internet and there's still the best solution is to have your bank send us a check that's still the best way to go until they pull our bank account old school tends to be trusty yes it's uh more trusty it's more uh And, and weirdly in this case it actually has better convenience than a lot of other options out there if you've already got a bank account yes that is the biggest thing because for PayPal, I mean, you don't have to have an account. You can just type in a credit card number, but then PayPal takes a percentage. Patreon takes a percentage. Bitcoin takes a percentage. Turns out if you just send in a check, if you sent in 33 cents, we put that in the bank. It's 33 cents. There's not a penny shaved off of it. It's a beautiful thing, but I digress. We have an executive producer today with his monthly $50 submission which I believe is the highest monthly submission we have is the great yet cold acid. Yes. So yet. far, so far we're, we're hoping for more. Cause I mean, cold acid can't be the guy. I mean, he, he always expects us to talk about his podcast. I, rare I, Encounter I have with reason Kirby. to believe that cold acid is in fact a guy. He might be. I, we think he's Bill Gates. He sounds like Bill Gates. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I have reason to believe that he has identified as a male you wouldn't know it from his voice, but he does Look say he's a man. talking. Come on. <laughs> wow. Pot kettle. How you doing? Blasting the guy on his voice. How mean is that? Not well, everybody this is what, this is what you buy for 50 bucks. This is, this is what you buy. <laughs> See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you try to be nice, I called out and just mentioned something it was just an offhanded quip during the rock and roll pre-show before no agenda the other day. I said something, yeah, I'm looking at you, cold acid, and people in the troll room are like, hey, you got to call out cold acid. And he's like, yeah, I do all the time, but it's usually rude or something like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. Well, and yeah, then, maybe if you would stop being such a jerk to him. Well, and then here's the thing. So then I posted something. I reposted. I retooted, I guess, is the proper thing to say, the proper vernacular, if you will. Carolyn Blaney of Hog Story posted yesterday on No Agenda Social. That, hey, tomorrow's Monday. That means there's a new hog story coming up 7 p.m. Central. So I retooted that and I'm like, oh, yes, hog story. It's an entertaining show with the host, the lovely and talented Carolyn Blaney and and then in quotes, talentless hack Lennox Reverb, which is his name over there, Fletcher's uh, handle. And I then put, but he's really a talented guy and I toast him 
every time I start a no agenda rock and roll pre-show because of the off awesome music that he provided. And he responded to that with, um, I'm wait, I'm waiting for the joke. Uh, am I dying? So I mean, you see, you try to be nice and then he doesn't, it's like, wait, yeah, geez, read the room. Yeah. You don't know about his cancer. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Shh. Oh, <laughs> that's the problem. Okay. Uh, no, okay. he knows. We, oh. we should stop bad mouthing everybody who's ever donated to our show. Yeah. But it seems like they like it. I don't get it. Cold acid certainly does. And we thank him for being the executive yes. producer. And you should check out his show. Rare encounter with Abel Kirby. Now, Featuring no, they, cold they renamed acid. the show. It's it's now Rare Encounter with Cold Acid and Abel Kirby. Oh, well, he's finally getting top billing. See, I never liked that Abel Kirby Cold Acid. So it's good that you're getting top billing. If you like to talk about anime or what's going on in the no agenda stream or what kind of cider that Cold Acid likes, that's the place to go. I like uh, Magner's cider, but uh, that's that's just me. The uh, it's good stuff. It'll give you some really quirky dreams i hear it'll put hair on your chest yeah yeah and then we have our patreones coming in today ten dollars from brian ganak who came in speaking of larry he was a larry guy from that larry show.com and then larry turned him on our show and we appreciate that you should also check out larry good show that larry show.com and then we have the five dollar patreone steve e who was the first one to find our grumpy old ben's patreon site back in uh, 2019 i think right at the beginning of all this which is i mean i guess we should point out grumpy old ben's slash or patreon.com slash grumpy old ben's stevie actually joined the grumpy old ben's patreon within two days of creating it and almost a week before we mentioned to anybody on the show that patreon even existed so he's probably a three-letter agency kind of guy I mean, could be KGB, could be CAA. We don't know. We don't care. I mean, you donate, you're an expert. Then we have a rabbit of Carbong, which was also airport pooper, which is also Dame. uh, Oh, what's it? Dame J of the angry clouds or something like that. I I keep forgetting. I need to write down so I can remind myself. Only we wrote down names of people. Uh, I know. You know, I, I forget things all the time. If only I had a, a page of something in front of me that had some text, I, I'd call it notes or something. I need a key because we did we did get our first email too from somebody who was sending a check like, don't use my real name. I'm in Seattle. My employer would kill me. And uh, I was like, Bamlet? yeah, that but, checks. <laughs> yeah, that checks. Right. You have to be very careful in this time, in this era that I need to have a little list. It's kind of like uh, you have to be able to take a name and convert it to something else so i mean you can either go by anonymous or you can come up with any crazy name you want and that all works out but we appreciate that rabbit of carbong airport pooper dame something maybe ashley i gotta i gotta keep notes uh stephen mcconnell dennis woods and manischewitz which is also another great name on uh on patreon that's a great handle yes how many people out there even know what manischewitz is probably a lot of them are probably asking their amazon devices right now yes uh, alexa order me a case of manischewitz they're like yes Try, trust me you you want to let this one go through you'll thank me later yes that's, that's order the most expensive thing you can on your device that wouldn't be this but that would be a fun little hack too there was a there was a hack with the amazon kindle devices that allow just by sending an email because there's a way to send the material like a book to the device 
via email. And if you did it just right, you could then have access to the person's Amazon account, which I mean, that could get expensive. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, that that's a, a little bit of a security concern. Yeah, there was a story. Most people, most people have a, a one click, no verification, charge my credit card access to their Amazon account. And most people, again, never go and check the logs to see what was ordered. So the only thing you know is, hey, my credit card bill seems a little high this month. Oh, yeah. well. Always check the logs. But we do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there and you decide what kind of value you got from the show. You obviously got some value. If you're still listening right now, how much is that worth to you? You figure it out. Go to grumpyoldbenz.com. You click on the little donate button for PayPal one time or monthly. You use the QR code or the address for Bitcoin, or you can use the PO box address. Go snail mail all the way and do it that way as well. And then, you know, if you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash grumpy old Benz. I know we have a locals account I started and something else, but it's getting as we talked about in the last show. It's very hard to just use one of these things and point everybody in one direction, although it gets to be vastly more confusing when less you offer the same thing on every site to be like, well, go here, go here, go here. And there's all these sites fighting for that. And uh, let's just screw them all. Just go the snail mail route. That's what I say. But what do you yes. got? Anything else on this? Beautiful I don't Monday? have much else. Uh, if you want some, out- I've got a little bit more outrage fuel. If that's the direction you want to go. Ooh, stoke um, the having, outrage. Having to do with wokeness in the Boston public school system. Ooh, yeah. Boston um, is, they're a very two, racist part of the country. Two diff- well, they're, they're, uh, yeah, Boston is, uh, they're on the Atlantic, but it's definitely part of the left coast. Um, Two different stories out of there, uh, both having to do with the same wokest uh, school superintendent who they need to get rid of. Um, one of them is uh, the school board has voted. Uh, they voted actually a little while ago, but now they're getting sued for it um, to suspend using an admissions test to uh, for their elite schools. Or, you know, they have they have uh, Boston apparently has a couple elite schools to yeah, uh, for their schools, better students. The, yeah, the the top schools, the ones for the smart kids, whatever um, they canceled using an admission test for that one and are instead allocating spots based on your zip code and income. The <laughs> most disadvantaged zip code and the lowest income are the ones who get the spots. Wow. Um, a a parents group of parents whose kids presumably would have done better on the tests have filed a lawsuit against the school district for that. Another case of your ability not coming into play. This is all about your skin color and the amount of money you have in, ba- in the bank. And this is going to screw society up so badly that it's not even funny. And in the same vein, um, Boston Public Schools has also suspended some advanced learning programs that they had. uh, They had apparently like six, seven years ago, they won awards for um, some advanced learning programs for fourth, fifth and sixth grade. And um, they suspended the program entirely because too many whites and Asians got into the program. Those horrible Uh, people. And the the quote from the school board member says, 
there's been a lot of inequities that have been brought to light in the pandemic that we have to address. There's a lot of work we have to do in the district to be anti-racist and have policies where all of our students have a fair shot at an equitable and excellent education. So equitable in this case, if you read between the lines, is we want all of our students to be dumb as a fucking post. Well, that is because no one's getting educated. Yeah, that is equity right there. Everyone has the same outcome. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. There's there's not a lot there other than if you happen to live in Boston and your kids are going to the public school district, then uh, get them out. That's this is this is only the beginning. When when you let people like this run your school system, um, your your kid is not getting an education. The only thing your kid is getting is a mind washing. They are going to be treated to hate themselves, their parents and their race. And if you can't, I mean, it doesn't make sense to put kids into a program that they can't handle just because you want to be woke about it. That just makes zero sense. But sure it is. It's setting everyone up for equally level, equal levels of failure. Well, except for those whose parents have, and this is definitely an economic privilege thing because then it moves to the parents that can do one of two things, which would be either to homeschool their children or send their children to a private school. It's been pointed out countless times how in a place like New York City where they're spending, if I remember the numbers correctly and don't hold me exactly, but they're pretty close. In New York, they're spending in the public school system about $40,000 per student per year. I mean, let that sink in. $40,000 per student per year. And guess what? The Aptitude tests show that the students in the private schools in New York score way better. And you know what they're paying for the private school kids? About 10000 per year towards their education. Even though, this, I mean, the parents pay, but. I mean, on, on one level, private schools are an economic privilege thing. But the, the reason why. You know, only the the wealthy can afford private schools is because of these laws that say even if you're going to a private school, you still have to pay right. for public school. Well, gee, if you didn't have to pay for public school and private school at the same time, it wouldn't be a privileged wealthy thing. It, it would be uh, uh, people who want a real education go to private schools thing, which is is true. But the problem is that if you're really low income, it's hard to pay for private school and pay for public school at the same time. Yes. Well, that makes sense. That's why you need the vouchers. But this shows you clearly when the government's in control, spending four times as much, the results are still worse. And that's sad. But government bureaucracy has absolutely zero incentive to do well. Yes. The privatized market is what you want. If. If a if a government runs out of money, they just take more money. Where's the incentive to ever make anything better? You know, and this is the thing with a lot of different industries. Bill O'Reilly said the other night something which I thought was pretty good. He's like, if you want to be uh, successful, if you actually want to be able to live your best life, if you will, for kind of a cliche, he's like, you need three things in life. You need a doctor that gives a crap about you. You need a lawyer that gives a crap about you and you need a financial person that gives a crap about you. If you have those Um, three things single, isn't he? 
He is now. Yeah. I mean, there was a divorce. He has kids. I was going to say, I was going to say, there's another thing that I consider more important than any of those, which is, uh, you know, lifelong companionship. Yes. Who then takes care of those other things. If you're single and you're a talk show host, then I can see how you'd (laughs) overlook that. Yeah. But once you have that, then that just, that person takes care of everything for you. So it all. That's how it works with me. Yeah. It all works out. Like, Hey, another bill came in. Can you just make it go away? Okay. But it makes so much sense from the angle of, I mean, Billy Joel will tell you if you have a financial guy who doesn't care about you, uh, it's a really good chance your money's going to disappear into yeah, his well, pocket. I, I, well, if you if you marry the wrong person, there's a good yeah. chance that your money will disappear into her pocket, too. Yeah. Billy Joel can tell you about that one, too. If you marry oh, wait, a he supermodel. Did. He made a whole album about it. Yeah. If you marry a supermodel, though, sometimes the VIG is worth what you have yep. to pay, I guess. But the doctor, definitely, because the doctor, this is a case where you need somebody to get your treatment the uh, lawyer also somebody that could really screw you because normal people don't know the law and if it comes up to something where you're being sued or have a case you need the person that's going to have your interests at heart and there's no difference here when it comes to being financially smart that to have somebody not everybody can understand how the stock market works on the daily to day basis and what to invest in. But I, I have a theory that that uh, it, you know trying to understand the stock, how the stock market works is actually um, I, I mean, there's a story in there somewhere that like a Lovecraftian horror is <laughs> if you if you ever fully understand how the stock market works, then you completely lost your mind and have gone insane. See, I can believe that, although there are some experts that know a lot more than the average person does. But this is where the capitalist system works. You take your money. It doesn't even matter how much it is. You take your money and you tell this guy, go invest. And you know how he makes money. If you make money, he makes a percentage. That's you take your money, you give it to somebody and maybe they'll bring it back. That's pretty much how the stock market works. But if they're good, they make you money. That's how they make more money. This isn't like, oh, you give them a thousand dollars and they lose it all. And then they're like, well, just give me more because that's they won't make yeah. money if they're losing. So it's like being good at your job is actually important in this case, which is not what we're teaching kids anymore. That's actually true in every place where there's still competition is the successful people are the ones who are good at what they do, what they do, because, you know, how many I want to know if you are a black person out there listening. If you needed major surgery, do you go, you know what? I want, I want a black doctor or do you go, I want the best doctor that could possibly do this. No, I'd go. I, I want a racist pulse oximeter. <laughs> I want, I see, I, I would take the most racist doctor in the world if they were the best at doing whatever the procedure was. I'd be like, yeah, That's, I, I think it's paging Dr. House. Yeah. I'm not having dinner with you. I'm not starting a relationship. I just want somebody to be able to do whatever it is. And me come out the other uh, side of this in as best shape as possible. But I know that's crazy racist talk, which is just have the person best at their job is the one you want on the list. No, we want to pick people like restaurant owners based upon their color. It's just it's just insane. It's people are people. This whole concept, all of this stuff is just pushing more racism. It's nuts. I, it's that that's what anti-racism is it's racism racism in the direction we approve that's what it means i just want that as a t-shirt anti-racism uh, is racism it it is and and i bet you could you 
Teespring would probably make you one of those if you asked. Until then we got again, canceled. Then, then again, I don't know how woke they are, so yeah. they might. Depends how much money it brings in. I think they're also right down that line as well, which is... Uh, I, I, I have I Oh yeah, I haven't heard of anything with Teespring yet, as far as having any issue with people. Yeah, I don't. Stuff. I don't know. Other than I happen to know, I well, I, I don't know. Are they in Silicon Valley? Because that would affect it. They may be, but then we have the guys over at No Agenda Shop who are making all the artwork. Now they have uh, both canvas prints and poster prints. So if you yeah. like some of that winning art, you go over, you buy it. It's a beautiful thing. Money I loved goes. when you got in. You got in the art spat the other day, and and <laughs> you said somebody said. Uh, some, it was it was something about your chalkboard art, which, by the way, was uh, your your chalkboard art has now been officially banned from the No Agenda show Nothing's by John banned. C. Dvorak. John but, liked uh, it. John, see, John stood up for me. I think John, if he's listening, I think he likes me and thinks you're kind of a misanthrope. I mean, knows you're kind of a misanthrope. Yeah, so he, okay, so he's figured that out already. Yeah. Um. I no. I just I liked in, in your spat when. Uh, the uh, the person who was trolling you was saying something like, well, you know, here's another piece of derivative art. Maybe no agenda shop should just put it on a T-shirt for you. And no agenda shop responded yes. and said, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> We're going to do that. And then he's like, well, that was the other comment the guy made. Would you pay to have this done? And the no agenda shop guy's like, well, we sold enough of his stuff that we probably owe him a few free ones if he wants one. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the guys over at the no agenda shop. They're doing good work on the products they're putting out and it's just really way easier i've tried doing this on my own figuring i could maybe raise more money because i didn't never want to take money on the no agenda stuff so that's why i opened up the teespring at noagendastore.com instead of shop and put up a few things but it's uh it's really not moving the amount of product that makes it worth it where the no agenda store has moved a lot a lot, a lot of product. My percentage on the stuff that was sold from the Deep State University concept over on the No Agenda shop has brought No Agenda in just from my extra kicking in my profit. It was well over a thousand bucks. And I was kind of amazed, like, holy crap, this is turning into some uh, real money for the artists over there. So if you're doing good art, you want to hook up with those guys. And I just uh, send it over to the show, which they love because then they don't have to send me a tax document and they can put it towards more marketing because then they send it into no agenda. No agenda does the stuff that they do. And it all just kind of works out. So the value for yep. value thing works. That does. I, I believe in it. And I think putting and good karma out there works as well. This this is a really good community for that reason. Yeah, um, I, I had a programming note because we're actually really terrible at announcing things about upcoming grumpy old Ben's. And so I wanted to let people know, uh, we are doing a, uh, semi normal show on Friday. And yeah. the only reason I say semi normal is because I cannot go over time. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Friday afternoon, I'm going to go in and have, uh, uh, somebody with a medical degree taking a <laughs> drill and drilling into my skull. Did you check um, the medical so degree? Well, it was pre, it was on the wall, but then again, I suppose it could have been a deep fake. Yeah, I could print up anything I want and put it on my wall. Don't yeah. you remember Larry's story? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so. That doesn't mean that I I need to finish what I started. Yes. Um. So uh, I am going to be really high. Uh, so Friday, I should be functional, but uh, we can't go over time. So we'll see what happens. Um. And then all weekend, I'm going to be high as hell and as fascinating as it would be 
to do a show with me. Um, I am going to be stepping out for next Monday show one week from today when Darren O'Neill is going to be here with some guy who hates me. You, you really have to whittle that down for the people. That's, oh. that's a pretty big group of uh, the people you're putting out there, but it, it will be Sir Gene of Sir Gene Speaks. You've heard Sir Gene spoken about quite often on the No Agenda show lately as well. He's, yes, uh, and now you're going to hear him speak. Yes, he, we. I had a good conversation. There's already an hour and 45 minutes of me talking to Gene over on his website, which is, I think, podcast.sirgene.com. It's, it's not, yes. it doesn't just roll off the tongue, but it's there. And he's doing a daily show now, which is uh, it's given me the itch that maybe I need to record more. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, he's he's been he's been bugging me about, you know, the, the no agenda stream. We got a system where I update it twice a week during the no agenda show. And he's like, but I do a daily show. You're not getting all my shows and the yeah. old ones are stale. I'm like, you are absolutely right. And then he's bugging me to to update the system to be fully automatic, which uh has some technical problems to work through and i haven't worked through them and um well you could have at least mixed in the sir gene with me on it i mean i noticed and, that and never he made could be stream. donating a lot more so i mean you know we could all be doing things to help <laughs> that's true that is true sir gene come on the uh the fund the fund needs to be blown up i know he just sold his uh his microphone that he was trying to get rid of and i should have jumped on it but i felt kind of bad because I knew he was selling it way too cheap. But he's like, well, I'm going to sell it to somebody on No Agenda Social. And nobody jumped in because he was asking like 350 bucks for the thing. And when I finally asked him about it, he's like, oh, I put it up on eBay and it was already up to well over like 480 bucks or something. And I'm like, take the money, man. Take the money. I don't need another microphone. But if I know there's a really good deal on a microphone, I start getting the itch too. They're like, oh, I, I could I could have that then. I might never use it, but I'm kind of a microphone hoarder. So it all works out. But yes, yeah, so Friday, semi-normal show, Monday, special show with Sir Gene. And if the if the experts demand it, I mean, we might have to see if Sir Gene can just replace you. I don't know. Uh, if, well, I don't know what his schedule is. He's a little busy, though, I guess. So Let, let's try this one show at a time here. <laughs> if you want Sir Gene to replace Sir Bemrose, donate $3,333.33 by Monday. And let your voice be heard. I mean, we wouldn't necessarily listen, but your voice will be heard. I mean, it will be loud, too. Yeah, my my. Well, this weekend, my voice will be high. So if you're really <laughs> lucky, I'll I'll get on microphone and talk, maybe, but I won't remember it. Maybe you can play video games with Sir Matthew. It would be fun. Way to spend your weekend yeah. high on the couch. That, that would be a thing. I mean, the more drugs you take, the better your the better your video game performance may be. It it depends on the game. Yeah, that is very true. Actually, my my video game performance, the only games that I play these days are are games that I can mod. My video game performance is directly proportional to my coding skills. Because uh I don't I don't like playing difficult games anymore. I don't like being frustrated by games. That's not the experience I go for anymore. So generally I write a mod to cheat. <laughs> so you're right, you want it easy. Oh, and I do want to mention too, we did get a quick note from uh Sir Richard, your road slave. Which I mean, that seems like a very politically incorrect my, my name. What? <laughs> Your road slave. Uh, he liked us talking the other day about the uh, trucking, and he said because uh, he was excited because oh. he was an eighteen wheeler back in the day, and he says he, he was an eighteen wheeler. Of- right, he was. He was an eighteen wheeler back in yeah. the day. He said he has tons of fun stories. If we ever want to uh, chat with him, I bet you truck driver oh, does. Nice. 
as well. And he now has his own blade sharpening uh, company, which I know they've talked about that on No Agenda, too. It's BKTSharpening.com. So he's a No Agenda community dude. He's on No Agenda Social as Intega, I-N-T-E-G-A. So if you need some stuff sharpened, I mean, if you're going to be going uh, out hunting and you need your blade ready to rumble, uh, he could be a guy you can hook up with and uh, and get some work done. So we we wish his business well. It's a hard time to be starting a new business in the land of uh, land of Biden and COVID. So we wish him well on that one. And one day we we should have some guys on like that. Just hear some crazy stories of these cross country truckers. I mean, it's an interesting life. We know Fletcher yeah. has driven the big rig, and you we, see a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, I see a lot of crazy stuff anyway. Yeah, just but, from your uh, door and your with your cats. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I didn't even have to look outside. I'll look over and be like, "Why is that cat three quarters of the way up the Christmas tree?" Wait, why is there still and, a Christmas tree? I was hoping answer. you weren't going to ask that question. <laughs> I mean, there's procrastination and then there's pro. Are you just are you late or early? Are you really? No, if we can go another three months, it changes from late to early. Oh, that's true. That is true. And we'll find out which way it goes on the. Well, well, one of the next episodes of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where. Everything is coming up, Bemrose. And from America's left coast, Alexa, enable the skills to pay the bills. I'm Ryan Bemrose.